the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Our number two is underway. Eight minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday. It is the 10th morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord 2021. And come 11 o'clock, less than an hour from now, it's going to be a terrible morning in this uh, year of 2021 because it's going to be the beginning of a socialist takeover of this country. When the Democrats along with the aid of 20 turncoat Republicans in the Senate, vote to pass the traditional infrastructure bill. It will then green light the budget reconciliation passage of the $3.5 trillion socialist shopping list. That is a Green New Deal dream for Bernie Sanders and AOC. It is a nightmare for the rest of us, but that's where we are headed. Leaders in both parties think there is enough support in the Senate to pass the $1 trillion deal. It calls for spending on traditional infrastructure like the nation's roads and water systems. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. This will do a whole lot of good for America. And the Senate can be proud it has passed this. Then the measure goes on to the House. As that's happening, Democrats in the Senate are supposed to get to work on a $3.5 trillion human infrastructure plan. This one calling for spending on child care, tuition-free community college, and much more. A traditional, or excuse me, yeah, traditional infrastructure bill and then a human infrastructure bill. Uh, here's how... Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee describes that one. It's been shielded with a veneer of bipartisanship, but what it really has become is the open gateway to lead right into this $3.5 trillion package, the Bernie Sanders Transformation of America package that they're trying to set up. And it's with that line that we bring in Peter Kersenow for reaction on this and much, much more. Peter Kersenow, a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. He's a Cleveland attorney, a best-selling author, a columnist, and more. And, of course, the host of the Kersenow Report on AM 1420, The Answer. Pete, good morning, sir. 
Bob, how are you doing? Uh, I've been better. I spent 20 minutes yelling at a U.S. congressman on the radio, and it's not even his fault. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I took Good. it Everyone all. Needs to be yelled at every now and then. I took it all all out on Jim Jordan because he's a Republican, and I'm a Republican as much as I am uh, reticent to say that these days. And our Republican Party refuses to stand up and fight the Democrats on these extraordinarily important matters, and uh, so I kind of put it all on him. I'm going to let you pick it up from there, Pete. I know how you feel I and mean, you just heard Haggerty describe this as uh, Bernie Sanders what was it Bernie Sanders uh, socialist transformation of yeah. America and that's exactly what it is I agree with him I mean you know this is Bernie Sanders and the squads America we're just living in it or Biden's just living it Biden doesn't even know what's going on frankly no, but this is a travesty you know you and I have touched upon this on a couple of occasions in the past but now that it's crystallizing and we're seeing that there are at least almost half the Republican senatorial caucus. Think about that. Half of the Republicans are poised to sign on to this, despite the fact that they know several things. And we could spend the entire day talking about this. The biggest things they know is that this one so-called infrastructure package, by the way, isn't, it's, it's, it does have some infrastructure, you know, strangely enough. But it's not the entirely in infrastructure package. It's only about 40 to 60 percent uh, infrastructure, and the rest is more Marxist spending. But they know that what this does is it's the gateway to lead to reconciliation for another bill for $3.5 trillion. Put that in context, Bob. My recollection is just two years ago, the entire federal budget. Now, remember, this spending is for, you know, things like Green New Deal and free um, pre-K uh, child care, all of this kind of stuff. But the entire Federal budget for 2019, including military and everything else, was $4.4 trillion. And here, this one bill, the reconciliation portion, $3.5 trillion, you add that to the $1.2 trillion, we're talking $4.7 trillion just on this socialist wish list. This is, where are the Republicans? We, we talked about this last week. I was saying, where are the Republicans on this? Every single Republican, whether he's dog catcher or senator, should be yelling bloody murder. The constituents are. Bob, you and I are out there. I'm out there almost every week. I'm speaking to a group of people, a fairly you know, sizable group of people. They're committed. They're energized. They get it. More so than at any time in which I've been going around doing the circuit. I've been doing it for a long time all over the country, talking to groups of committed conservatives who understand what's going on and they're motivated, but never to the extent that I've seen in the last several months. It's been motivated by a lot of things, mainly, you know, things such as COVID, illegal immigration. And right now, the hottest issue, of course, has been CRT in terms of critical race theory, in terms of getting people really energized. But this, this is the Bernie Sanders wish list that we thought had been rejected when the Democrats selected Biden. Well, we didn't think that, but that was the, the party line that, well, they rejected Marxism. This is a wholesale embrace of Marxism. And the second part about this that is bad is that this is a mammoth bill that if passed as prologue, and we know that it is, no one has read and I guarantee you there are nuggets in there that are going to be toxic, horrifically toxic to America as a whole. For example, I know that there was one line. I've been searching for it, and I can't find it right now. It's a, what, 2,700-page bill? Yeah. 
But others who have scoured through it, and there have been many trying to go through this thing, but there's a nugget in there pertaining to amnesty for illegal aliens. And you combine that with what's going on at the southern border right now. That's human infrastructure. Yeah, that's That's human infrastructure for the Democratic Party. Because what they are doing with the full cooperation of 20 senators, and their names should be recited every single chance we get, they're getting the cooperation of Democrat, uh, Republican senators to send the Republican Party into electoral oblivion. That's precisely what's going on. That's a small matter uh, in terms of the Republican Party. We don't really care about that, given the fact that they're not doing much for conservatives these days. But what it does is we have, we'll then eliminate the only bulwark against rampant socialism that we have. At least we invest some hope that they will stop, at least around the margin, some of this advancing socialism. But if the amnesty for illegals is passed, Biden has been importing millions, literally millions, of illegal immigrants that he is then providing free transportation for to the interior of the country. I think we talked about this last week, Bob. The effort here, make no mistake what's going on here, none whatsoever. What is happening here is an effort to turn purple states blue and red states purple, and then eventually blue over the course of a couple of election cycles. But those purple states will turn blue pretty fast, and they will get amnesty. All of these millions of illegals, millions. We hear about, well, there's, there was only 1.1 mil- Only 1.1 million? Are you kidding me? That's what we know of. And that's an only? That's an invasion. It's a violation with the assistance of our federal government, which is supposed to enforce immigration laws. It's a violation of our national sovereignty. This is the stuff that used to be the makings of a war. That's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. That's, that, this is an incredible thing that's going on, and we have Republicans sitting on their butts deciding to go along with this plan to eradicate the GOP in the future, but more importantly, eradicate any semblance of what we understand to be the United States of America. That is a free, liberty-loving country with borders, with industrious people who are patriotic. That's not what's going on right now. And when you have Chuck Schumer lauding a bill saying it's good for America, whenever Chuck Schumer says something is good for America, run for the hills. Run for the hills as fast well, as you can, because it's going to be awful. Well, uh, agreed, a thousand percent. And and moreover, when you hear Chuck Schumer say this is how he is going to, quote-unquote, pay for legislation, you should also run for And while hills. my Republican colleagues regurgitate the same tired talking points about a Democratic spending spree, let me remind America... It wouldn't be a tired talking point if they didn't always do Democrat spending sprees, but I digress. ...that we plan to pay for this package by making the wealthy pay their fair share. When our Republican friends held the majority in this chamber, <clears throat> they chose to use the same process Democrats are using now, budget reconciliation, to give corporations and the wealthy a massive tax break. Corporations and the wealthy, otherwise known as America's employers, America's business owners, who got tax breaks along with every American all the way down to the the, the lower middle class, uh, all got tax breaks. And what was the result of those things, Peter Kersenow? Massive investment in new expansion in manufacturing, uh, in warehousing, and more jobs, which led to the lowest unemployment rates for blacks, for Hispanics, for women, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in, in America. 
American history. So, you know, here he comes with the we're going to undo all of that great progress by strapping America's employers with even more taxes. I don't understand how, the, you know, it's, it's, it's a cliche, the definition of insanity, but how do they keep doing it over and over and over again, Pete, and thinking it's going to have a different result? Well, I think you just mentioned it, and you're probably berating Jim Jordan, who doesn't deserve to be berated, by the way. He's one of the good guys. Yes. But um, uh, you berated him because Republicans are permitting it to happen. And it, it's two things. One is we have seen the corrupt media, which, let's face it, if you're a Republican, you are at a significant deficit because from sea to shining sea, the media has been the public relations arm of the Democratic Party. Uh, that's what they've been doing. It used to be they were a little bit more subtle. They abandoned all subtlety during the Trump administration, and now they've just decided to invest themselves wholesale in promoting democratic socialist issues. So that's one thing that gives Schumer cover and gives Republicans heartburn. But Republicans can't simply lie down and say, we're not going to uh, defend America, frankly, and fight against this. They've got to, as I said before, they've got to fight against it. Why we are going along with this, what is the urgency, for example, of the initial bill, the so-called infrastructure bill? I don't see any urgency to this. Maybe someone can explain it to me. I've been trying to understand why it is it needs to be passed right now. COVID relief back a year ago, yeah, we could understand that. But now they're, they're promoting the so-called infrastructure bill with the same zeal and and it seems to be something that is so imperative as they were with COVID. There's no urgency to this. Take a moment, take a breath, read through the bill, and you'll find almost everything there is probably objectionable. Whenever you hear infrastructure, most of us who've been on this earth for more than 14 seconds understand that really means giant pork. What they're doing there is trying to, look, there's some stuff there that's good. Let's, that, there's no doubt about that. There's going to be something there. I mean, I, I look, I'm looking out my window right now at some of the bridges going over the Cuyahoga River. They look like they could use a little bit of help. I'm not going to argue that point. But any kind of bill like this, you know, is one massive pork spree, and Republicans signing on to it is the gateway for the socialist takeover that, I mean, I can't even believe I'm saying that. I try to be a little bit more <laughs> um, subtle than that, a little bit more uh, uh, restrained than that. But that's what's happening no, here. Oh, yeah, through, you shouldn't to, have to, to be, the, Pete. This, you know what? We're, we're too subtle and restrained as a party. That's what I told Jim Jordan. That was my biggest frustration. We're too subtle and restrained. We say we'll do, you know, and, and we, we do great things. But we don't get down in the trenches and fight united arm in arm the way the Democrats do. As terrible as they are, as evil as they are, as, as anti-American as so many of their policies and platforms are, Pete, they stay together. And that's why they beat us. And that's why they harm this country the way that they do, because we splinter in 20 Republicans who should absolutely have their names repeated over and over again, as you pointed out, are are allowing that to happen. We splinter while they stay united and solid. And that's how we lose. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you there and keep you interrupted for a couple of minutes here. Pete, we'll take our time out and we'll come right back with you. Kirsten out continues on AM 1420, The Answer after this. The answer is 1420 AM, 102.5 FM. Okay, it's 1023. We continue on AM 1420. The answer, it's that uh, Peter Kirstenau is uh, with us. Um, it's that splintering again that has me the most frustrated, uh, Peter Kirstenau. Let me, let me uh, 
advance to November of 2022 because Jim Jordan's response to me when I when I kind of griped about how the Republicans just can't seem to hold the line and won't get down and fight in the trenches with the with the Democrats, um, you know, he said, "Well, that's why we're going to you know do everything we can. We're going to win back the majority in the House and in the Senate in 2022, and we'll be better then." Uh, do you have confidence, Peter? You know, I I I kind of try to. I tell people all the time that, you know, our best hope is to continue to have states passing voter integrity laws to make sure that elections can't be stolen again and fraud cannot be the rule of the day the way it was on November 3rd, 2020. Do you have confidence that that will result uh, and that in 2022, the beginning of the answer will will, will come in the uh, majorities that Jim Jordan uh, just promised us? 2022 is a long way from now. Uh, right now, if you're to look at the polling data, it looks like there's going to be a rout of Democrats, and deservedly so, not because of anything Republicans have done, but because of all the damage Democrats have done. Again, with respect to the crisis on the border, uh, critical race theory, inflation, crime, all these things are uh, having an incredibly negative effect on Democratic prospects. But uh, just let's just wait to see how Republicans screw it up. Uh, in the next year or so, if Republicans continue to act as surrogates for the Democrats, in other words, they're, they're simply their handmaidens and are going along with some of their worst impulses, the question is going to be why the heck you know, should be, we be turning out for Republicans? That's the thing. It's not that people today who are going to be extremely upset as they are right now with what's going on in the country and therefore taking it out on the Democratic Party. You know, that doesn't mean necessarily that those individuals are going to be voting for uh, Republicans. Um, I think that a lot of people may stay home out of sheer frustration if they see what's going on continues. Now, I do think that If things continue the way they are, even if, and this is the calculation that I think some Republicans are making, even if they pass this ridiculous bill, this gargantuan gargantuan socialist bill, their calculation is that people are so upset with what's going on in the country today, aside from that, that they're going to uh, return Republicans to the majority in the House and in the Senate. And I think there is a fair likelihood of that. As I said before, a year's a long time from now, so you never know what's going to happen. And I think that's a dangerous calculation being made by Republicans. But nonetheless, uh, as I've said before, you know, you've got inflation is capturing everybody's attention. Immigration, you saw some of the polling data along the southern border where towns that have traditionally voted 85 to 90 percent Democrat have been voting for Republicans there, and Hispanics have been doing that. So that's having an incredible impact. Crime is having an incredible impact. There are these giant issues that the Democrats are on the wrong, not just on the wrong side of, they're the ones who have caused these things, actively caused it. And their polling data tells them they're in deep trouble. Republicans understand that. But for the life of me, if you understand Democrats are in that kind of trouble, why throw them a lifeline? First of all, your calculus should be what's best for America. But second, if your sheer calculus is merely how do I get back in office, how do I retain office, then you shouldn't be throwing the Democrats the only lifeline they have by giving them this massive infrastructure bill. It just seems to me, Bob, I'm not a politician, but it just seems to me to be just sheer lunacy to do that. But more importantly, it's bad for the country. I don't care a whit about Democrats, Republicans, independents, socialists, or anything else. I care about the United States of America, and I think most of your listeners do, too. Most Americans do. And what we're seeing here is that it's, it's a, a kind of insanity that's 
pervading the nation. When I go out, and again, when I go out and talk, I ask people, one of the first questions I ask the crowd is, have you guys ever seen a more insane time in the United States of America? And I've never seen a response like that. Everybody, the, the consensus is, it's nuts. People have lost their minds. Part of it has to do with COVID. Part of it had to do with, you know, the Trump insanity, you know, everyone going nuts about Russia, 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 and all these things. But it's reaching a point where uh, a crescendo that we've never seen before. And now the Republicans are adding to it by giving aid and comfort to the Democrats, cover for them in passing this bill. When the bad consequences of this hyperinflationary bill are visited upon Americans, Republicans are, are not going to be immune from it. They're going to have to, they're not going to be able to escape into the weeds. So do the right thing for America. And this is a time, it's been happening more and more often. You know, I hate to keep saying that, you know, this is a time when, you know, we're going to go over the cliff or something. Yeah. Um, it seems like we're going over a lot of cliffs these days. But my goodness, when are you going to stand up and do something that actually benefits America? We don't have the money. Um, one thing we haven't discussed, Bob, and it's for another day, is Despite all, uh, in addition to, I'm sorry, in addition to all of the negative impacts that we've been discussing about not just this bill, but the lunacy that's been going on for the last eight months or seven months under the Biden administration is the effects on the next few generations, because we are saddling them with incredible amounts of debt. In the past, that was done, and we thought, well, that's 50 years from now. That's 40 years ago. Unfortunately, for those of us alive right now, yes, it's going to be saddling our children and grandchildren with incredible debt, but it's happening. The consequences... <clears throat> are being realized in real time. And we see it at the gas pump. I know your listeners go to the gas pump every day. I bet you every time, not every time, but many times when they go to the gas pump, a majority of your listeners look at that dial or look at that, that figure that says how much the they're paying for regular, and they're going, well, wait a minute. They're, they're thinking back to January when they were paying $1.87. Some were paying two hundred two, depends on where you are in Cleveland. And now they're looking at it. It's well above $3. And, you know, they don't need to do math to understand that that's a major tax on them. And that's going to be increased across a number of commodities over the next several weeks, several months, and several years. Can't escape the effects of a $4.7 trillion socialist spending bill. Peter Kersenow, extraordinarily well said. Uh, you know, every time I look at that guy, you know, I for the first few months after, you know, he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline uh, and, and did everything else he did to harm uh, uh, the uh, oil manufacturers or the oil companies, rather, and, uh, and to raise these prices, I did what you said. Now I just shake my head. I look at it and I shake my head. I don't even think about Biden anymore because I just, I feel like there's a sense of um, despair that has come over all of us and we're just accepting of this. I don't want that to be the case, but that's how I feel. What we cannot accept, Peter, is the ongoing attack on our liberty, specifically and literally our own liberty and freedom to choose how we handle our own health. That is some what we're going to talk about next with Peter Kirsten now on AM 1420. Mark King, and I promise you, you can too. two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 
The Answer. I don't know why our producer, Jonathan, chose this song, but let's roll with it. Um, when Dr. Fauci says jump, America says how high, right? Can we, can we do that? Because that's exactly what continues to happen despite mountains and mountains and mountains of scientific evidence disproving the notion that masking stops coronavirus germ particles from going through those masks and in being ingested by people. Mountains of studies have been done. And there are zero studies, zero, nil, nada, none, that show masks, cloth masks, or even those surgical masks, are effective in stopping coronavirus. We continue to see the new mask mandates coming back. Let's continue now with Peter Kirsten. I'll get reaction to that. Peter, I, um, I, I'm watching with great trepidation the stripping of our fundamental rights, our most fundamental basic freedoms. In my opinion, you can tell me if you agree or disagree. There is no more sacrosanct liberty and freedom that we have than the, the ability to, uh, that we have the right that we have to live our lives as we see fit, as it pertains to our health. Now, you want to lift 420 pounds three times in a deadlift, and that's, that's your right. God bless you for being able to do it at any age, much, much less at your age. If somebody else only wants to lift a fork full of cheese fries, that's his life choice too. And if you take medication for your ailments and somebody else doesn't, your choices. In other words, our medical privacy and our medical liberty is should be completely sacrosanct. The government has no right to tell me what to take nor when to take it. And if they can convince us because of their fear-mongering propaganda campaign that it's in our own best interest, our own health's best interest to do this, not that, take this, not that, go here, not there, as we tell you and we nod along and we buy our way through it and say, okay, if you're saying it's best for us, they've got us. If they can take our medical choices away from us, substituting their judgment for ours, they can take all options and choices away from us and we are on our way to becoming slaves of an all power uh total all uh, powerful totalitarian state your thoughts bob i'd like to get a transcript of that that was an outstanding statement i i can't really improve upon that one iota i think we have a problem sometimes mainly as conservatives when but many americans look at what is lawful as opposed to what is right uh, we're Americans, and what defines us, one of the things or principal things that define, defines us, is our ability to live, live our lives as we see fit with freedom, with some constraints to make sure that, you know, we're not uh, transgressing upon somebody else's rights also. But we sometimes think that, well, we've got to look at what does the law permit, and that should define the boundaries of our freedom. It shouldn't. That is the boundaries of our freedom, but that, that doesn't mean that that should be the first locus point we look to. In other words, is it a good idea to get vaccines? Well, probably. I did. I, I think you did. Others do. Most Americans have decided to get vaccines. Uh, but the great thing about the United States of America is you've got the freedom to decide whether or not to get vaccines. And by the way, if you get your own vaccines, other than being an incredible busybody, if you got a vaccine, which means that you are probably 90 percent insulated against the most adverse effects of COVID. It doesn't mean you're completely insulated, but you know what? The risk has fallen to such an infinitesimally small level that most people go about their lives. If you are then immune to it, 
what do you really care about whether or not somebody walks into a grocery store with a useless mask or whether or not somebody else doesn't get a vaccine? Uh, that's their choice. That, that's what's baffled me about this. Uh, we live in a country that has had the technological ability and, and the foresight from the previous president, president against all odds to get a vaccine in record time, and we've dispensed it in record time. And now 70% of the population, at bare minimum, is immune essentially immune, again, in the 90th percentile or, or above. It, it, what are we trying to achieve here other than mass conformance? In other words, it, it seems to me that what we're seeing, and I didn't necessarily ascribe to this a year and a half ago, that this was going to be an attempt on the part of some, not just on the left, but you know, mostly on the left, to control society and impose their own personal dictates upon society. And also, you know, uh, you watch a Dr. Fauci who, you know, Bob, you and I talked about him a year and a half ago when he first appeared on the scene, and there was something yeah. about him that made us believe that we didn't trust him. I just had a sense of it. I, I didn't trust the guy. And, you know, it's proven that he's on both sides of the issue at the same time all the time. But we've had these individuals who now it looks like they have gotten drunk on power. And they do understand that when you control somebody's medical decisions, you, you control the person. It's one of the most incredible levers that the power-seeking left has ever been given, and they're not going to give it away, especially after they saw with, with, with respect to the election that they can impose a number of requirements. In many cases, they did so unlawfully rather than going through the legislature, but they can impose requirements that augur to the benefit of progressives, and they're not going to give that up casually. So now that we have this Delta variant, and again, I'm not a doctor, but I'm happy to play one on the radio, all the data seems to suggest that, yes, it's expanding in terms of infection rates, but it's it's significantly less lethal than the initial variant that we were subjected to beginning last year. But nonetheless, they're treating it as if this is smallpox. And they, they understand, I think part of it is, you know, a kind of virtue signaling on steroids. They like to think that they are, in fact, there was a CNN reporter that described the Obama party, which in other circumstances would have been described as a super spreader, as a gathering of very sophisticated people who are employing sophisticated means to, you know, avoid coronavirus, as opposed to those rubes from Texas or something, I guess. So it's part of the uh, little group. They're, they're part of the in crowd. Uh, but they're using this to virtue signal, they're using it to gain control and impose their vision of society in a more expedited fashion than they otherwise would have had the ability to do. All those things are frightening, but I go back to the initial point, and that is, uh, as a lawyer, I would say, I think we get too caught up in what is legal as opposed to what is right. Uh, it may be legal, for example. Uh, we, last week or a week before, we talked about the 1905 you know, Jacobson case that in most circumstances would give the government the ability to mandate vaccines if, in fact, the threat level was. In that case, we're talking about smallpox, something far more lethal than COVID. But, you know, with, with some exceptions, the government does have the right to mandate vaccines if they chose to do so. Okay, again, lots of exceptions. There's state law uh, issues there. There are local issues there. There's a whole host of issues. And it has got the ability, pursuant to another case back over 120 years ago, to impose mandatory quarantines. But again, it's, it depends on the nature 
of the the uh, all of the circumstances surrounding the particular event. But in this case, we've gotten to the point where we are abandoning our hard-fought freedoms. We are changing from the America we used to know. One of the things that I think all of us are concerned about is the effect on kids, not just with respect to these masking mandates, which have a horrible health effect and also psychological effect and a pedagogical effect, negative pedagogical effect, but the, 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 this usurpation of, of kind of parental authority that's going on, it's, it's an, an amazing thing. Um, it's not good for America. It's not American. I know that's, that's a pejorative in many sense, but it is not the way we look at ourselves or have traditionally looked at ourselves. We are not like some European countries where, you know, they go along with whatever the dictate is. That's not who we are. Yeah, We're but Peter, this is, this is precisely what the American left is trying to build. One of those Euro-style, particularly Eastern Euro-style uh, governments where, where, you know, the authoritarians rule and we do what we're told. And if we're told this is better for you, this is what you do. And when you surrender, you know, I, I don't want to tie things together here, but, you know, when, when Joe Biden said uh, in the middle of last week that he knows full well from speaking to constitutional scholars that extending the eviction moratorium is unconstitutional or, quote, would not pass constitutional muster and says, I'm doing it anyway, because by the time they, 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 you know, say that I can't, we'll have already spent at least a year of giving that money out. Um, right. You know, so when, when you're talking about somebody who is essentially saying, uh, my judgment is substitu- it should be substituted for that of the legislature and of the judicial branch, because that's what it is. The Supreme Court said you can't do that. You know, the legislature has to do that. And so he, he bypassed the legislature, ignored the Supreme Court, and did it his way. Then, then, of course, they're going to tell us what we can do with our bodies. Of course, they're going to tell us what we must wear on our faces. And whether or not the statistics or the science prove a need for either, that's what we're going to do, because that's what authoritarians want. And, and let's be honest, you know, he, he and they are governing more like Eastern European totality, or you don't have to stick with Eastern European. We can go to Cuban or Venezuelan or any number of other uh, sort of socialist slash communist leadership or uh, dictatorships uh, to kind of see the example here. But that's what their that's what their aim is, Pete. They're not they're not yeah. interested in sticking with American ideals and principles. Right, and you know they they seem to really do like like the power that they have augured unto themselves over the last year and a half. Uh, especially in, they're addicted to it, but they are so, I think of the right word, these are individuals who have proven over the last year and a half, and if you want to go back during the entire Trump administration or even before that, I think uh, Tucker has said you know, that we are being poorly served by our so-called elites, and I question who the elites are. They're self-anointed. Uh, you, you look at a Fauci, for example. He's been on every side of the issue. Uh, he can change his mind within 15 minutes, and when you think for a second about what he says, very often it on its face, you don't have to be a doctor. Just think in terms of simple logic. On its face, it doesn't make any sense. Um, you talked about the fact that there are no studies that show any improvement in health as a result. In fact, there are a lot of um, negative consequences to mask wearing. Yet he just blithely says that we want to vaccinate, or I'm sorry, uh, have kids wear masks maybe for another year or so until we find out what the day. Well, what's he talking about here? 
We've had a year and a quarter where he has been on every side of this particular issue. We've had a number of experiences with respect to masks. We have sufficient data and longitudinal information related to the effect of masks on kids. This is nuts. It, it does not have any kind of prophylactic or very little, if any, no measurable prophylactic effect. And yet we're subjecting our kids to this. So what's the reason for all this? And I think you just articulated it. Um, well, we need more freedom in this country and less and fewer dictates, fewer mandates, but we're getting just the opposite from the Biden administration. And going back to the original point back in, um, you know, 15, 20 minutes ago, Bob, we've been talking about a horrific spending bill that is masquerading as an infrastructure bill. And Republicans seem to be going along very meekly with it, or at least too many of them are. Where are, with the few exceptions that may appear from time to time on Fox to bloviate about something, I don't mean to use a term like that, I mean, they, many of them are very sincere, where is the entire Republican Party en masse taking action to oppose these usurpations of our freedom, our autonomy? We're watching the United States of America, its precepts being eroded before our eyes, and I don't hear the kind of push or see the kind of pushback that you would have expected, say, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It seems to be very subtle, very meek, and you only have a few, like the person you just berated, Jim Jordan. Only the Jim Jordans of the world and the Tom Cottons of the world and a few others seem to have the backbone to stand up for something that is fundamentally plain and that the American people, it's good politics as well as good for America. So do it. Push back. Well, this is, um, you know, th- this is the reason why they're able to get away with this, because doctors like this are silenced. This is Dr. Michael Osterholm, who used to be Joe Biden's number one covid policy advisor outside of Fauci, of course. Uh, and this is what he said about the idea of masks. Uh, you know, I wish we could get rid of the term masking, because, in fact, it implies anything you put in front of your face works. And uh, if I could just add a nuance to that, which hopefully doesn't add more confusion, is we know today that many of the face cloth coverings that people wear are not very effective in reducing any of the virus movement in or out. Either you're breathing out or you're breathing in. And, in fact, if you're in the upper Midwest, uh, you know, I would. So, you know, Pete, these are doctors that are, again, he's not some quack from, you know, uh, East Timbuktu. He was Joe Biden's chief COVID-19 policy advisor. He went on CNN and said that cloth masks in particular and those surgical masks, because they don't fit up against your face, they don't work in stopping COVID-19. The coronavirus particles go through those like nothing. They don't work. He went on to advocate for N95 masks. And he's deemed to be a fountain of misinformation and silenced on social media. You can't find that video. I saved it and downloaded it, but you can't find that. Because anybody who goes against the, you know, the, the narrative and the agenda is canceled, essentially. And this guy, again, used to be Biden's, you know, top COVID advisor. So that lets you, and then the other thing, and I know we're short, short on our time here, but that and the fact that the Biden administration refuses to address that 18 to 25 percent of illegal aliens who are crossing our border by the thousands are COVID positive and they're being admitted into our country, put into our shelters and then driven or flown to various locales around our country. And then they're complaining that the vaccination rate isn't high enough. These are unvaccinated, COVID-positive, illegal aliens being foisted upon us all over the country. And now they want to tell us how concerned they are about COVID-19. Pete, none of it makes any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense except for 
the um, acquisition and the use of power. That's the only way it makes any sense because it, it is truly uh, it, it, it's schizophrenic. You've just stated it correctly. We've got over a million people who've crossed the border just since the beginning of the year. A significant percentage of those are COVID positive. They are transport. They're giving them free transport to anywhere they want to go in the interior of the United States, knowing that these people haven't been vaccinated, that they're COVID positive. Yet, if you're an ordinary American, you better wear a mask. You can't go certain places. Maybe we need a vaccine passport. It, it, it is... Anti-American is not even a strong enough word for it. We have a governing class that's working at cross purposes to the best interests of the American people. We need to do something radical. Now, I don't mean in terms of violence or anything like that. I mean in terms of voting these suckers out. We have an incredibly poor leadership class, not just in terms of politics, but almost every institution is infected with an elite that don't know what the heck they're doing and can't think their way out of a paper bag. And the effects of that are being visited on America. And the effects of 40 years of dumbing down education, lowering standards are being visited upon us right now. We're seeing it being played out in real time. Uh, Go back to the initial premise, Bob. The only bulwark we've got against this are elected representatives, and ostensibly the Republican Party is the party that's supposed to protect us against these overreaches. And you said it at the very outset of this interview, Bob, that where are the Republicans on this? They're signing on to (laughs) stupid infrastructure bills when they're not taking care of basic concerns of Americans. If you talk to everyday Americans, they're not saying, hey, we need more money for this bridge over here. Yeah, we we eventually be nice to get it. But they're more immediate concerns, and one of them is the erosion of our liberties. Well, that's what uh, Senator Kennedy from uh, Louisiana said. He said, look, I am not against infrastructure. I want to fund our infrastructure, but not at any cost. And uh, passing the, or allowing them to pass the $3.5 trillion omnibus, uh, or excuse me, the uh, reconciliation uh, under the Budget Reconciliation uh, uh, Act uh, is, is certainly a cost that is not worth bearing. Peter Kersenow, great stuff as always, my friend. Uh, keep up the good work. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bob. Take care. 1054, right back. All right, we went a little bit long with Peter Kersenow, so obviously we uh, can't uh, can't do too much more here. We're just about out of time, so I apologize for anybody I left on hold. Not going to be able to take any more calls here. Um, I do want to remind you of a couple of the things that uh, Peter and I talked about and also what Jim Jordan and I talked about. We need to get into the ear and get into the faces in, in as respectful of, way, of, of a way as we can of our of our representatives. I yelled at Jim Jordan for things that are not his fault, but he was just kind of the sounding board right now because he's a Republican and he's my representative, by the way, because I'm in the fourth. Um, And he agrees. We need to make it known that we simply will not keep these people in their seats if they're not going to represent us. Um, Our country is at a tipping point here. It's at a serious tipping point. And the only way we can save it and balance it back out is to have true conservative warriors in those seats. Get in their ears, let them know their time is up if they don't get on board. And that's where we'll have to leave it for today. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.